Well, as uh, Pastor Matt shared just a moment ago, uh, this weekend we are beginning a brand new series called Strong Words. And I know uh, many times when we use that phrase, uh, strong words kind of sounds like harsh words, doesn't it? You might be in an argument with somebody or maybe in a disagreement of some kind, you're talking to each other, and you might kind of say to somebody, hey, be careful, those are kind of strong words. In fact, that could even be used of cursing, couldn't it? If somebody was really being kind of obscene or profane, we could say, hey, that's a little bit, that's a little bit strong. But that's not what we're talking about when we say strong words. What we're talking about is, as we look at the Bible, there seems to be some key words, some core ideas, some big concepts that God continues to bring up. That if you read God's Word, you're going to see these things over and over again. And so as we see that, we say, well, God, you must be wanting to speak to us, right? There must be something you want, to, you want us to understand about these things so that we can understand better your purpose and your work in our lives. So over the next five or six weeks, we're going to study some of those strong words in the Bible. What are some words that if you read God's Word, as you continue to grow in your understanding of God's Word, you're going to find these things coming up over and over again. God, what do you want to say to us through those words? As we begin together this weekend, I want to ask, has anybody here ever been rock climbing before? Anybody? Raise your hand. Ever been rock climbing? Okay, leave up your hand, okay? Can I have a volunteer? I actually asked that question so I could just get those hands raised, all right? I do need a volunteer, so just come on, somebody. You don't have to be a rock climber. Come on up. Come on up. Come on, buddy. Not you. Okay. All right. Come on. It's easy. All right, Des, come on up. That's great. All right. So, uh, yeah, why don't you introduce yourself? I'm Des. Uh, this is Des. <laughs> it sounds like your following's here tonight anyway. So, anyway. But I, before we get started, I'm going to get to Des. I'm going to actually, Des, um, I hooked this up for a smaller guy, so I don't know. Uh, let's, actually, that's the front there, so all right. Just stick your legs in there. While Des is doing this, oh, actually, before you do that, actually, I forgot about something. Anytime you go rock climbing, you need a medical release form. So actually, could you fill, could you fill this out before? Okay, all right. All right, well, while Des is uh, getting suited up here, uh, he looks about like I did when I tried to work that thing earlier today. But uh, when I was in college, uh, the, the degree that I was taking required you to take two physical education classes, okay? So I said, hey, I'm in college. I'm paying for this. May as well have fun. So the two classes that I took for PE were badminton. <laughs> I just have to tell you as a side note, badminton can be pretty intense, all right? It was awesome. But the second class that I took was rock climbing. And what we would do is uh, every week, I was, I was at a school in a place called Rome, Georgia, and every week we'd go, <laughs> they're having fun watching you, Dad. Okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. Good enough. Good enough. We're not really going wrong. Well, kind of, but not really. All right. <laughs> but every week we'd go from Rome, Georgia, we'd drive a little bit west there to a place called Sand Rock, Alabama. It's about an hour drive. We'd go in the fall and the afternoon, beautiful place. And we had this rock face that we climbed that was... It was somewhere between 50 and 75 feet. By the way, just to give you a little bit of frame of reference, I believe the peak in this room is 32 feet. Okay, so 32 plus 18 is, is, is about as high as we were going, maybe a little bit higher. 
So um, I was taking this class, rock climbing. I remember the first couple days in class, I began to realize that this, you could die doing this. You know, this is pretty serious. So we began talking about partners and those kind of things. And I sort of started studying who's the most reliable person in the room. Amen. And so let me just kind of uh, demonstrate here a little bit of what rock climbing is like. Okay, Des, I'm going to tie you in here. Actually, I'm going to put this around here. And you come over here. You're a big guy. All right. I'm glad we're not really doing it because that little thing doesn't look like it would hold you at all. Okay, so if any of you guys have ever been rock climbing before, you know this is just for pretend. All right. So back up here. All right, you just kind of stay in the middle there. I'm going to take the rest of the rope. For those of you that have ever rock climbed before, or maybe you've seen this on TV, you know that... Uh, now, this is kind of our rock face here, Des, all right? Because I didn't really want to put, bring a, a climbing wall in here. But there is obviously a climber, and there's a belayer, right? There's a spotter, there's a belayer. And so, Des, what would happen is we would start... Actually, come back a little bit more. So what we would do is we would go before... Some my, our teacher, professor, or somebody would go before we got there. They would set up at the top of the rock face. They would set up some kind of mechanism so that the rope could go through a pulley, come back down, be attached to Des. I would be at the bottom as the belayer. And what I would do is, Des, you would look at me and you say, I think this it was something like belay. Yeah, belay and I would say belay on. Okay, so belay on means that I have it broken or I have it stopped where the rope's not going to slide. Then he would say, climbing, and I would say, climb on. So go ahead, climb on. Just, well, you're going towards that way. All right. <laughs> Wait, hold on, Dad. Hold on, Dad. You're not going to climb near that fast. All right, so just take your time, big fella. All right, go ahead. So actually, and for those of you that actually rock climbers, you're like, Pastor Rob, you don't know what you're doing. All right, so actually, <laughs> it would be something like this where the rope would be kind of loose, where it's able to, because there's, there's a mechanism here that would break the rope. So if he wanted to stop, then I would lock it like this, okay? Now, if he were to fall, he's just going to dangle in the air, all right? He's not going anywhere. That's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> now, it would be very scary, but nothing's going to happen to him, right? Okay, so he would say, climbing. And I would say, climb on. Go ahead. You're doing great now. You're, finally, you're learning. Good, all right. <laughs> now, as you can imagine, hold it right there. As you can imagine, pretty soon, you begin to realize that whoever is the one spotting you or belaying you, you want to be a what? A reliable person that you can trust. Because think about it. That's, I believe that's 32 feet. 18 feet beyond that, I mean, you think about it. There's some people in college that are looking at the pretty birds or enjoying the scenery. They forgot, I don't even know you, right? We just started class together, right? So they're not even worried about that person way up there. But if you fall off that rock face, you're going to die, literally. You could die because someone is not paying attention. Okay, Des, thank you for your help. I'll let you go back to your seat. Let's take this off. You can keep that, actually. Okay, I'm going to let you keep that and work on that down there, all right? So i got other things to do. We're talking about trust. 
And if you go rock climbing, you want someone that you know that you can what? You can trust. Really what we're talking about, the Bible calls it faith. And I want to start out, we're, we're talking about these words as being important for God to help us understand. So I want to talk about that first of all. Why is it so important for us to understand about trust in our relationship with God? You know, when we talk about faith, I think most of us would say that faith is something pretty important to our lives, right? In fact, that's probably why you're here. You're here because you would say faith... My faith is something that's very important to my life. Others of us might say, you know, I'm just now getting started back to church and back, back with God because I realize maybe it's not important to me, but I realize that faith should be important to me. And all that's good is certainly heading in the right direction. To say that faith is important, to say that faith is a big component in our lives is, is the right direction to be going. But I want you to see that the Bible makes faith much much stronger to us than that. Faith is not just something very important to us. The Bible says that faith is absolutely essential to our lives. Let me read Romans chapter 14, verse 23. The Bible says very clearly, very plainly, whatever is not from faith is sin. Think about that statement. Whatever is not from faith in our lives is sin. So according to God's Word, faith is not only something that's very important to us to incorporate. It's not just a good step, but actually the Bible challenges us to take it even further. It says that faith is not just important to have, but it is absolutely essential. It says that God's intention is that all of our lives would be lived under the umbrella of I'm trusting God for this. Some of you are reading the verse, or some of you are writing notes, but I want you to stop and think about it for just a minute. The Bible says whatever is not from faith is sin. Whatever is in our lives that is not under the covering or the blanket umbrella of I'm trusting God for this is not according to God's plan and purpose for our lives. It is actually sin. Now, sin can be translated missing the mark, missing the target, missing the goal. So what the Bible's saying is, whatever I do that is not trusting God is missing God's goal for my life, is missing God's point for my life. I don't know about you, but when I begin to realize that in my life, that is a powerful understanding. Is there anything in my life that is not under the umbrella of, I'm trusting God for this thing. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. The Bible says, and without faith, it is impossible. We're talking about strong words, right? We're talking about essential understandings for us in our relationship with God. The reason we're talking about faith is because Hebrews 11, 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. Actually, that word is faith. He who comes to God must faith that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. Listen to this. The Bible says, But now faith, hope, love, abide, or remain. These three. 
But the greatest of these is love. As we're looking at a chapter, if you look at that chapter, that's the love chapter. The focus of that chapter is love. But as, as at the end of that chapter, there's kind of a summary of God's top three. It says, now faith, hope, and love remain or abide for us to understand and consider and have in our lives. And obviously the greatest of those is love. But as we're looking at God's top three, we might say, faith is in that category. Every week at New Hope, if you look at your worship guide, you see there's a top three, right? So there's a lot of things going on in our church family. There's a lot of things we want you to know about, be involved in, but there's like three main things that every week you would say, you know what, if you don't get anything else, we want you to hear and understand this. The Bible here says that while love may be the tops, and we're going to, as you can imagine, talk about love in this series, while love may be the tops, faith may be the top three. It is so important that God would say faith, hope, and love are critical for us to understand. We're talking about strong words, and it would seem that faith is much stronger or more important than maybe sometimes we realize. So let me ask you the question. Is faith one of the most important parts of your life? You know, I think many of us would probably say yes. My faith is very important to me, right? Wouldn't many people say that? My faith is very important to me. It's very, it's very central in my life. I want to be a little bit careful about that because sometimes when we make that kind of statement, what we're saying is a body of beliefs. There's some information that I know about God. My faith, if we see it that way, there, there's some understandings that I have about God. That is very important to my life. Now, again, that's a good general statement. But what God is wanting us to understand more clearly is that faith is not just a body of information that we accept. Faith is actually really, truly relying upon and trusting in God with our very real situations in life. Amen? Isn't that different? Isn't that different than a body of beliefs? I've gone to church, I've heard some information, I accept that information, and that is very important to me. That's not necessarily a bad thing, necessarily, but God wants to take it further. Faith is not just common understandings that we have about God, even from His Word. Faith includes that, but it goes farther than that. It's understanding those things and putting them to, to practice to such a degree in your life that you would be saying that I am relying on God for my life and the things that are happening in my life. And maybe the challenge for many of us in that is understanding what faith really means, what it really looks like. So let's talk about that. We've already kind of alluded to it, but let me make it clear right now. When we use the word faith, faith could be a religious term, right? I mean, it's something we hear at church, and so we just kind of, we kind of go into that uh, that, you know, church or that kind of religious category when we're talking about things maybe that we're used to hearing at church. But actually, the word faith very simply means trust. In many of our English translations, where the Bible uses the word faith, it is translated believe. Okay? John chapter 1, verse 12. The Bible says, But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe... In His name. That word is actually faith. 
But as many as received Him, when we receive Christ as our Savior, but as many as received Him, to them, to those people, He gave the right. Praise God. Amen. Can I get a praise the Lord on that one? It's a side note. But as many of you as, as have received His gift of salvation, to those He's given the right to be children of God, even to those who believe or actually faith, or actually more specifically, who have trusted in His name. And there are many examples in the Bible of what that looks like because we need to understand what the Bible's talking about when it talks about trusting or faithing in God. I can't help but think about Abraham. If you've, if you've been a part of church for a while, you know that Abraham many times is referred to as the father of what? Faith. We see him in the Bible, Genesis chapter 12. Verses uh, 1 and verse 4, I want to read to you. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country, where you live, and from your relatives, from your people, from your father's house, to the land which I will show you. God called Abraham to step out by what? By faith. He didn't know where he was going. He had no idea where he was going. And God said, Just trust me and step out. And the Bible says in verse 4, Amazingly, unlike me, I'd have spent a few days arguing, amen? Trying to negotiate, make deals. Abram, it says, went forth as the Lord had spoken to him. And by the way, he was 75 years old. For those of you that are like, so I'm too old to do all that. Abram was 75 years old when he stepped out and trusted God and became a great example to us of what it means to faith in God, to trust in God completely. David was just a little boy, or was just a young man, or just a boy when, when, when he literally faced a giant. And in 1 Samuel chapter 17, listen to this. As a young man, can you imagine saying this? Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me. He's talking to a giant. He's talking to a professional wrestler, okay? Can you imagine... Saying to somebody like that, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Boom! Amen? That song we sing about angel armies, that's what that word Lord of hosts means. He's the Lord of all the armies of heaven. So big guy, I ain't scared of you. That's what he's saying. The God of the armies of Israel whom you have taunted. David says, how dare you how dare me know? People are saying, how dare me be standing here saying this? David says, no, not that. How dare you taunt that God? This day, the Lord will deliver you up into my hands, and I will strike you down and remove your head from you. Say that to a bully. Amen. <laughs> and I will give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines your army this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And that all this assembly that is gathered here may know that the Lord, listen, does not deliver by sword or by spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hands. What was David doing? As a young man, he was trusting, right? He was faithing completely in God. Maybe the best place to go is Hebrew chapter, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11 is called the great hall of faith 
There's these great examples of people throughout God's Word who trusted God with difficult situations. And Hebrews 11.1 is actually what we usually take as one of the best biblical descriptions of faith. And if I could just paraphrase that maybe, I might say this. Hebrews 11.1, we might paraphrase it like this. We confidently, what is faith? Faith is confidently trusting God for things that are too hard for us either to do or to understand. That is what faith looks like. Amen? Faith is confidently trusting God for us to do or to understand things that we cannot do or we cannot understand. These people in Hebrews, go back and read Hebrews 11 some other time. They confidently trusted God in extremely difficult situations. That is faith. This week, God spoke to me personally about this. I was spending some time with the Lord, my daily time with the Lord. Many of us uh, read through a journal, the Word of Life Quiet Time Journal. By the way, some of those are available in the foyer after the service if you want to pick up one and follow along with the rest of us. But those of us that have been reading through that, this week we're reading, beginning the book of Mark. And in Mark chapter 1, it just, it just kind of struck me as I was reading in Mark chapter 1, verse 16, in the verses that follow that, Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, and he saw some fishermen. And he called out to these fishermen to follow him. And you know what they did? They followed him. They dropped their nets and followed Jesus. Now, if we see that as the first time they'd ever seen or heard Jesus, it's even more dramatic, isn't it? There is some indication that they had had John chapter 1 gives us some indication. Maybe they'd had some interaction or exposure to Christ before. But that doesn't take away from the picture of trust, does it? Here they are on their job, and God speaks to them, and they quit their job that very moment and follow Him immediately. By the way, hopefully that's encouraging to some of you that, that are kind of worried. Maybe your family's saying you're getting a little, a little crazy about this God thing. Maybe you're wondering about that. My life is changing and my heart is changing and my values are changing and am I going off the deep end? Amen, anybody? Amen? You wonder, if I kind of gone fruity? You know, if I gone religious? You know, if I gotten crazy? And we see the example of these people of faith that it's not crazy to hear from God and to trust Him in great ways in your life. And then I read on top of that, I noticed something I've never quite noticed before in verse 30. It talks about Simon Peter's mother-in-law. He was one of those fishermen who dropped his nets and followed Christ. But then we see a few verses down from that that his mother-in-law was very sick. In fact, Dr. Luke said that she had a high fever. Now, I don't want to make too much of this since I don't know the exact timing, but it's possible that when Christ called Peter, when he was standing by his nets, that his mother-in-law was already sick. And if she was already sick, that makes it even more powerful to me. Wouldn't it be difficult to trust the Lord and to follow Him if you had something serious happening in your your family at the time? Amen. Think about that. If God were speaking to your heart about accepting Him as your Savior, or if God were speaking to your heart about, as as a child of His, stepping out and following Him in some way, doing something for Him, if you knew that God was speaking to you, would you trust Him so much that you'd even be willing to drop your job on the spot. 
if you knew that God was speaking to you, even if something major was happening in your life or around your life, would you be willing to trust the Lord and to follow Him by faith? That's what it is, amen? It is trusting God regardless of what I see or what I understand. Wouldn't it be almost easy, almost natural, almost intuitive for us to let each other off the hook? In that circumstance, Peter, certainly. We understand. You're not going to quit your job today, right? Peter, we understand if there's some difficult things going on at home, hey, we understand you need to kind of get some things worked out first. Before you get involved with ministry, before you start tithing, before you start praying, before you start giving your life completely to the Lord, before you start a new career path, before you do all that, it would make sense to us to, to take some time, think about it, do it another time. Now listen, friends, I'm not saying quit your job tomorrow, okay? Don't tell your spouse I said that, okay? I'm not saying if there's something serious happening in your family that you should ignore that or that it's not important to God. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is when God speaks to us and we understand that He's calling us, then we need to trust Him that He understands all that and we just need to follow Him. Amen? Can I just say that most of us want to make following God easy? We want to make it convenient. Amen? We want to make it at the right time. You know, when this happens or when we save up this money or when I'm ready or when we're able or whatever the condition is. But can I just share with you, most of the time, and I'm just saying it would be nice because maybe it's not all the time, but in my experience, all the time. All the time, it is never convenient to follow God. I'm going to say most, just to hedge, because maybe some of you have experienced it being a little bit lighter, okay? But I'm just going to be honest with you. In my experience, it it is never convenient to follow the Lord. Amen? It never makes sense. It never feels comfortable. It always feels difficult. But what these examples show us is faith is just trusting God. In spite of our circumstances, and I even thought about this. Listen, maybe because of our circumstances. Do you hear me? Is it possible that God allows some of those challenging things in our life because He knows it is only when we get to those points? Can I get a witness? Robbie is. I'm the hard-headedest person, no amens please, in this room. And God knows, He's not being ugly to me. God knows, I will not trust Him sometimes until I have to. Amen? And that doesn't sound very good, and I don't feel very good about it, but I'm just being honest. Many of us need to change our approach to trusting God. See, we see Peter and what he did as extraordinary but maybe what he did is what God is saying. He really wants to be considered a more normal part of our lives. And I don't mean to, to, to take away from it being a special thing, but just to say that we don't put it on a shelf as every once in a while. Amen? But that God wants that kind of faith to be something that we are experiencing often. Write this down. Life is hard, but God is good. So no matter what is going on in my life, I'm just going to trust God. Can I challenge the fighters in the room? Because it takes one to know one. 
Can I challenge you? What is it going to take for you to finally just say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. Amen. He's worth, he's worth trusting. Amen. So we're talking about how important this idea is. We're talking about some examples in God's Word. But I want to talk about where do we need faith in our lives? What are some places in our lives that it is so important for us to be people who are people of faith? And the first thing is this. We, we need faith for, first of all, for salvation. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. The Bible says, For by grace, by God's goodness toward us, He didn't have to do it, by grace, you have been saved through what? Through faith. So let's put our word in there. For by grace you have been saved through... starts with a T and ends with a T. What is it? Trust. For by grace you have been saved through trusting in Him. And that not of yourselves is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one can boast. It's by God's goodness, it's by His graciousness that we are saved. You say, what does that mean? It means rescued from our sins. As sinners, we are in danger of the judgment of God. And if we died in that condition, we will be judged for our sins, separated from God forever. But God says, I don't want that to happen to you. I want to rescue you from that. I don't want you to experience that judgment. So out of His goodness, He's not a mean God. He's not, he's not, he's not trying to be ugly towards us or hard on us. He wants to save us. By His goodness towards us, we are saved through trusting, through receiving, through accepting. How important is faith? Faith is so important. How strong is it? You can't go to heaven without it. You can't have your sins forgiven. You can't be a child of God without trusting. That's a pretty important word, amen? I need to put my trust in Jesus Christ. Friends, let's don't be fuzzy about that because some of us don't quite understand that. There is a point a conscious decision that each person is called to make where I realize that I need my sins forgiven. And I realize that God did that for me on the cross and that He rose again victorious. And if I will trust in Him, not in anything, that's what it said in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, not in one single thing that I've ever done right. Again, that's not because God's being ugly, just saying you don't have enough. Pay a $20 trillion debt with your $1 bill. Huh? That ain't going to do it. Amen. Don't bring your $1 to God trying to pay a $20 trillion national debt. Just say, will you please forgive me of my debt? He says, yes, because it's actually already been paid by someone else. Will you trust me? Will you receive that gift? Unfortunately, though, for many Christians, that's as far as faith goes. Many Christians have been taught by church that you put your trust in Christ for your salvation then the rest of it's up to you. The rest of it meaning keeping your salvation wrong. Or the rest of it meaning living your life walking as a believer. That's wrong too. The Bible says we start by faith and we continue every single day trusting in God. Amen? I'm not, I don't want to confuse you. I'm not saying... Asking Him to be our Savior again, okay? Don't misunderstand me. When your children are born in your family, they don't say, Mom and Dad, can we please get back to the hospital and let me be born because I'm not sure I'm born today. 
Okay? That would be, that's, that's how weird it is to God for us to come in and say, am I born? Am I born? Am I in your family? He's like, my son, my daughter, I love you. Why are we, why are we, why are we going over this again? You are mine. Amen? So we're not trusting Him. We're not re-trusting Him for salvation, but we're trusting Him for living our lives daily. We need it for salvation, but we need Him every single day. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Listen to this. It says, but the righteous one... The righteous man, this is repeated several times in God's Word. The righteous man, the one who's living right, the one who's living the way God wants us to live. I told you this was a strong word, amen. If you're living the way God wants you to live daily, you're living it by what? By faith, by what's our T word? By trusting. Remember what we said in Romans 14, verse 23? Whatever's not of faith is sin, is missing the mark. God's got a goal for us. Today, God wants my life to, to do some things, to be a part of some things, to accomplish some things. If I'm not living it, trusting, then I'm, remember that target we saw just a moment ago? I'm what? Missing the mark, right? This is the goal God had for today. I'm missing it. If I'm not living it, God help me. God speak to me. God lead me. God, teach me. God, empower me. God, provide for me. God, protect me. Amen? I also love Galatians chapter 3, verse 3. Listen to this. It says, are you so foolish? Galatians 3 is a faith chapter. Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh or by your own effort? The Bible says, and then it goes on to talk about the importance of faith, of trusting in God. The Bible says we begin by trusting in God through Christ. We, we, we were, we're saved. It says, don't, don't be misled. Not only do you begin, but you continue. And actually, you're perfected. That word, I don't like that translation as much because it could be misleading. Not perfected as much as coming to your created completion. Maybe the best word is maturity. Okay? Are you now being made mature? Are you now becoming all that God created you to be by your own efforts? That is a rhetorical question, the answer of which is what? No. No, we're not, God. And then it goes to emphasize in Galatians 3, it is by faith that we trust and walk with God. Every day, remember what we said? Everything in our life ought to be under the umbrella of trusting God for this. Amen? Isn't that an image? I hope you leave with that this weekend. Everything in my life is, am I trusting God for this or with this? Then we need faith for challenges in life. Like many of you, I have some big challenges in my life. You know, sometimes when I say things like that, people are like, really, Pastor Robert, really? Do you? It's too bad that pastors have given the impression that they're perfect or that their worlds are all together. I'm breathing, amen? So I got problems, amen? I'm not, I'm not being over, I'm just being honest. Without the Lord's help, I, I don't have any, I, I, I would quit. I would crawl in the hole. I would give up. It's too much for me, Amen? See, the sad thing is, is that many of us come to church thinking, I'm the only one feeling that way. I'm the only desperate one. 
I'm the only barely hanging on one. I'm the only one who's about to go in the ditch. It's not true. Don't let everybody else lie to you. They're smiling pretty. They dress up nice, but they're seriously, I'm not making this up just to make you feel good. Every single person in this room is half a second away from being in a major mess. Every person in this room has things right now that are ripping their heart out. Something. A child, a spouse, finances, your job, your future, your extended family, your parents' health. Amen? I'm going to tell you, this will live out. This is it. This is how I'm surviving. I am clinging to God every day. And then tomorrow... By God's grace and with God's help, repeat. Amen? It is by faith. What an awesome word. I am trusting in God to get me through this. And then the last thing is this. We trust God for our service, for our ministry. You may have heard me say this before, but I I remind our pastors often, you know what? Whatever we're doing here at New Hope ought to make everybody squirm. I'm not saying that to be irritating, all right? I'm not saying that to, we're not shock people. You know, we're not trying to, you know, shake you up or mix it up or things like that. You know, I know some churches kind of go that direction. But whatever we're doing ought to be uncomfortable for everybody. If you are brand new to God, we don't want to be in your face, but we want to, encourage you, if I may challenge you, not in an obnoxious way, but in an honest, loving way, to trust God. Amen? So I hope if you are kind of new, you're kind of like, I don't know how I feel about this. But I think I'm going to stick around. Amen? Because they seem like people that love God. And God is here, I hope. Amen? But listen, if you've been a Christian for a while... If you're not squirming, something's wrong. We need to be continually trusting God for everything we do, especially anything we're doing for Him. Amen? All of your pastors. If I could be honest with you, this ain't our first rodeo. We've done this before. We've been trained. We've had some experience. Okay, so, so you know, we, we can do this. But no, we can't. Every single one of us are overmatched. And we know it. Amen? Now, with God's help, we might be able to do some things. Amen? That's the way I feel about it. Now, I say that might be with great confidence. I'm just trying to say it with humility. Of I'm not confident in myself at all. But if we keep our eyes on the Lord, we might be able to go somewhere. Amen? And the same goes for all of you. I know that many of you are stepping up and stepping out in ways that you never imagined. You're like, God bless you. God bless you. You're serving. You're giving. You're turning over your heart to God. You're letting God use your life by faith. Amen. Some of you would say, I could have never seen myself doing some of the things that I'm doing today five years ago. One year ago. God bless you.
And if I could just be honest, some of us need to take those steps of faith. Some of you, it's time. God's saying, you know, there's times, there's seasons. There's seasons of healing. There's seasons of growth, maybe. There's, there's seasons of recovery. or, You know, but, but, but some of us, you know, we've been on that season for a while. And God's saying, listen, you trusted me for the recovery, and that's good. And now it's time. Are you trusting me? Or do you just have memories? That's what helps me. If all my good stories are old, amen? If all my good stories are old, I get worried. What am I trusting God for right now? What are we trusting God for? Can I be honest with you, church family? We always live here in every way. Seek to, barely hanging on. This is too much for us. There's no way. We don't understand it. We better, amen? I'm not saying, I didn't get a big amen out of that. <laughs> Some of you are thinking about it. I said, I'm not talking about presumption. We're not going to go out and buy $10 billion something and think, oh, God will pay for it, right? Okay, that's presumption. But we're going to seek God. And whatever God wants to do, we're going to seek with all of our heart with His help to trust Him. Amen? I guarantee you, if you read the Bible, you're going to see faith. I've shown you some of the, some of the verses that just bring it up, don't they? And so it brings up the question, are you trusting God? Are we trusting God? I want to give you a minute to think about that. So why don't you bow your head? And why don't you ask the Lord, God, am I trusting you? Have I trusted you? I'm not saying you agree with what we teach or you've been to church and you're for it all. Have I given my life to God? Have I ever been born again? Rescued, saved, however you want to put it. Do I know that I'm a child of God? Because I've trusted in God and in God alone. I'm not trusting in my church attendance. I'm not trusting in my grandma's prayers. I'm not trusting in how much I serve. Jesus' boat doesn't float, I'm going down. And friend, He died for you freely. He's offering this gift. If you'll just trust Him. It might be the only thing standing in the way of your eternal security in God. You've got to be willing to say, yes, God, I believe, I trust, I receive. in you, Jesus. I ask you to come into my life and take control and be my Savior. How about us that have made that decision? Are you trusting in God right now? I'm so sorry for the tragedies that have happened in your life. You're going to go through that with or without God. 
Why don't we choose to do it with him? Amen. God, I trust you. I don't know what's going on. I don't understand it. I don't like it. It doesn't feel good. I wish it would end, God. Lord, I trust you. I have nowhere else to go. There's no, there's no one else. You're the one. You're the Savior. You are God. And I trust that you are good. I know that you are good. I've experienced your goodness. I've seen it. Others have. I'm not going to doubt in the dark what I've known in the light. God, I trust you. Would you just tell him that, sweet child of God? Lord, you know this world is hard. And we thank you that you've promised to deliver us from it. Some of these hardships, Lord, draw us closer to you. Often they do. I pray that you would help us to see them as that. And to put our trust in you. This is our earnest prayer. Trusting in the name of you, our great Savior and King. The Lord, the armies of heaven. David would be willing to stand up in front of an over nine foot tall giant and be bold and courageous because he trusted that God is God. So we pray to that same name and we trust in you as well. By faith, in Jesus' name, amen.